Hello and welcome to The Stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Pros Football Channel. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. Today in The Stew, we're discussing the Philadelphia Eagles, their draft, fantasy players, upcoming schedule for the 2023 season. I'm here with Hutchinson Brown. Stick around with us. You're in The Stew. Uh, you up on trades and wire moves, you ain't designed to lose Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points Makes the game a little more fun to watch, can drop release We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard Quite obviously not a scrub, so start an institute Make evaluations like a commissioner do It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room Update your roster and pick and choose when you get some news Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics To make it to our end zones through different groups Universities, institutes, down to homies who clicking groups I introduce Hello and welcome to The Stew. I'm JT. You can find me on Twitter at JT Orange. You can also follow the show at JT Brew Stew. We are excited to have Hutch Hutchinson Brown uh, on the channel with us today. Uh, talking Eagles, his favorite team. Uh, you can find him on the football guys. Uh, content creator for DLF, and also a new podcast coming up called Hooked on Fantasy. Tell me a little bit about all the stuff you do uh, there, Hutch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm always on Twitter. It's my main social media. I'm at HutchinB underscore FF on Twitter. And yeah, I'm going to start appearing on the Football Guys YouTube channel. I write for DLF. And me and uh, Luke Sawhook. JT, do you know Luke? I'm sure you know him. I, I don't know him personally, but I follow him on all his stuff. I know I'm uh, familiar with all his things that he does. Yeah. You look, you look, looks incredible. But uh, me and him, yeah, a couple weeks ago, we started a podcast called Hooked on Fantasy. It's something he's tried to do solo for a few times. It just hasn't worked out. And uh, he decided he wanted to team up with me. We we started co-hosting it. It's gone really well so far. So uh, if you check out Hooked on Fantasy, it's pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And we live stream it every Monday night. And then we're going to post it as a podcast on Tuesday morning. So and our most recent episode was with Ray GQ. And we just talked all about the DeAndre Hopkins news and all the uh, consequences, all the breakdowns there for fantasy football. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, for this episode, we're going to continue our series, going in a deep dive of every NFL team. Today, we're talking about the Eagles. Kind of give me an idea where, uh, how'd you become an Eagles fan? Uh, who are your favorite players, either current or all time? Uh, just tell me a little bit about why you love the Eagles. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I grew up... Uh, like surrounded by a family of football. I mean, my, my intermediate family is not really any football fans in it. Like, I've, it's funny. Like, my dad actually has gotten really into fantasy football and stuff because of me, because of how much I do it. He's actually into football now because of me, which is it's usually the other way around. But yeah, my intermediate family is never really into football very much. But uh, my mom's side of the family, like my my grandfather, uh, may your rest in peace, and my cousins, and they were all big Eagles fans. And they introduced me, and I started watching with them and cheering along with the Eagles with them. And it started in about, I think the first time I like really started watching the Eagles was in 2016, which was Carson Wentz's rookie year. Uh, he, had, he did not have a great rookie year, but I really started to fall in love with the Eagles that year. And then in 2017, Carson Wentz, we all know, had his MVP level season. And that's what really like made me fall in love with just football, watching him dominate at that level. Obviously, you know, he's one of the laughing stocks in the NFL that past couple of years. But watching him in that season was just, I mean, this dude was everything. Like He was it. Like, he was the next big thing. He was, like, he was up there as one of the best quarterbacks in the league at that point. And he was, you know, in Dynasty Fantasy Football, he was, like, competing for, like, a top three spot in a super flex league. Like, 
this dude was everything. He really, really was. And I, I, like, I just loved watching him that season. Sometimes I still go back and watch highlights of uh, Carson Wentz from that year. He just dominated at a different level that season. Uh, he was de- he's definitely that, that season watching this. He's definitely one of my favorite Eagles players I've ever seen. I really, really love uh, watching that season. It was truly, truly difference making. Well, I'm jealous as a Colts fan. Uh, people know if you don't know, I've, uh, I've been a Colts season ticket holder for about 15 years. So I, yeah. I'm jealous that you got to see the prime Carson Wentz because when they made the trade for him, um, I was actually pretty excited as a Colts fan. I thought, all right, this guy's going to come in. He knows Frank Reich, knows the system. He, you know, had some some down uh, times at the end there with the Eagles. But I, I thought it was going to be a fresh start, man. I thought he was going to be the answer for the Colts. I was so pumped about it. And when it didn't work out, man, I was just crushed. I was like, I just like, why? And I... I always talk about it with people because he gets more hate than he probably deserves. Uh, he's one of those guys that he actually put up pretty good stats. He was a pretty solid quarterback all around. Uh, biggest issue for him is he always seemed to get the worst turnovers at the worst times, especially on the Colts that just ended up being backbreaking plays uh, that just kind of defined his whole role for the Colts, which I felt was terrible for because Watching the games, he actually was pretty good quarterback most of the time he played for them, and just it just soured everything soured on him, and I I just felt bad for him, and I thought okay he's gonna get another shot in Washington, uh I hope you know I hope he does well there, and then things kind of fell apart there with him with the injuries and everything, so he's a guy I did not see that career path for him early on. I, I just thought he was going to be a really good uh, quarterback. I didn't know if he was going to be a Hall of Famer, but man, that year he was on an MVP pace. I just thought this guy's going to be really, really good. And then just, God, it's all the little things just went against him and it, it just kind of feels like he just had bad juju after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the main problem with Carson Wentz was never really his physical talent. He always had it. I mean, some injuries did obviously help, held him back a little bit, but it was really all mental. I mean, this dude was reportedly in the Colts room and the uh, commander's room, a locker room cancer. I mean, he was not a, uh, a good presence for the, for anybody in the, in the last three teams he was on. He just wasn't a good presence. Apparently he was just a really, really bad teammate, a really negative uh, person in the locker room. And that's just not somebody you want to have. So uh, it's, I think that's one of the bigger reasons he actually moved around from team to team and actually did not have the NFL career. We hope for him. Uh, I think it's a lot mental, less physical. But yeah, Carson Wentz, the, the career after that Nick Foles Super Bowl, it was kind of never the same. They did get the Super Bowl win, though, so you got to love yeah. that. Obviously, yeah. Nick Foles uh, getting the win, that was uh, pretty huge there. But now you got the Eagles. They're right back in it. Made it the Super Bowl last year. Let's uh, let's get in here real quick. What's going to talk about the draft? Let's start off kind of seeing what they did here. 2023 mm-hmm. draft, the the Eagles, for all their faults they've had over the years, they've drafted phenomenally here of late. Uh, let's pull up some of the guys they've had uh, going down the list. You know, made a couple moves, traded up to number nine, got Jalen Carter out of Georgia, the defensive tackle. A lot of people said, hey, I, we think Jalen Carter is the number one player in the league. There was talks about him being the first overall pick for a while to so the Chicago Bears. So getting at him at nine was pretty amazing. And then they came back. And uh, later in the first round, you know, the 30th overall pick got Nolan Smith, another player out of Georgia and edge Nolan Smith, one of the top 
if not the top player coming out of high school, uh, a guy that I think has just barely uh, scratched the surface. And then later on, they just kept adding that defense. Sidney Brown, one of my favorite players out of Illinois, just an absolute stud in the third round. And then they also grabbed Kylie Ringo, another Georgia guy, as they just lived with Georgia, got him in the fourth round, a guy that uh, people talked about, uh, you know, maybe first round, second round, potential and then dropped all the way to the fourth. What do you think as an Eagles fan watching this draft and just kind of seeing all these good players fall uh, right in the Eagles laps? I mean, it was really, really nice to see. I mean, Jalen Carter, obviously he was being talked about as potentially the first overall pick for a while, but then uh, the off the football field issues came along and it gave us some concerns. So it'd be interesting to see how that bleeds into his NFL career. I think a ninth overall, I'm very, very happy with that pick. Uh, Jalen Carter was probably one, probably the best player available there. And Nolan Smith, while he is very raw as a prospect, he is one of the better athletes uh, we've seen coming out of college in a bit. Like, he really is an elite athlete. And I I love what the Eagles are doing. They're just drafting so many athletes. I mean, Jalen Carter is an elite athlete. You talk about Jordan Davis, what he, like, his 40 time for his size. I mean, I believe he ran like four, six ish, 40 at like 300 something. His 40 time was unbelievable. He's so, so fast for his size. And then you draft Nolan Smith. An amazing athlete. And then I love the round four pick with Keely Ringo, uh, cornerback for Georgia. I mean, he is also a raw prospect, but I mean, this dude is like 6'2, 215, can run like four, three level speed. He's just absolutely insane as an athlete. This Eagles offense is getting a lot more explosive, a lot more dangerous. And I'm really, really excited to see it. Yeah, I just thought they just did a fantastic job getting those guys on defense, just getting high talent, just talented players all around. Yeah. Uh, Ringo's a guy, I think, you know, if he went to a, another team and he had to be the number one cornerback, you might be a little more nervous. But the fact that he's going to a team already loaded with two of the best cornerbacks in the league, he's going to get a chance to sit and learn, maybe play some of that Nichols uh, slot. Uh, I think it's just a perfect spot for him. And then a guy yeah. I've just been talking up, all offseason, especially anybody who plays IDP. I'm like, go out in your rookie drafts, get this guy. Sidney Brown, absolute stud out of Illinois. He just was everywhere. They had probably the best secondary in all of college football last year with Devin Witherspoon, who went number five overall to yeah. the uh, Seahawks. And then they had uh, Javante Martin, who uh, went in the second round to the Washington Commanders. So three of their four starters in the secondary went in the top three rounds. Uh, he's a little bit older player, but man, I, I expect him to win one of those starting safety spots. And I just think he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. Super athletic. That was the question going in um, to the combine was like, Hey, kind of, you know, like, is he as athletic as he looks on film? But, and he crushed the combine looked great. Uh, great 40 time, great agility drills, uh, everything you needed from him that solidified him, him going to the third round. I thought was an absolute steal for them as I thought he was probably, nice if thing. not, the best, the second best safety in the draft. So I thought third round, I was like, that's just amazing. And this is a great spot as he goes in and has a chance to start with their two of their starters moving on uh, in the off season. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Sydney Brown was a really, really good safety prospect coming out. I, I liked him a lot like you did. And uh third round was really nice to really nice to see a third round pick for him. Yeah, also looking at uh, who else they picked up. Third round, uh, right before Sidney Brown, they took Tyler Steen, offensive tackle Alabama, just keeps adding guys to the offensive line. Uh, there's talks of him in camp, uh, possibly winning one of the guard spots. Uh, they say he can play guard or tackle. And then later on, uh, sixth round, a little bit of a, you know, just an extra pick, throw a guy out there. Took Tanner McKee from quarterback from Stanford. Had some tr- uh, struggles in college, but was a pretty high-end player 
that a lot of people kind of thought he might go in the third or fourth round and he dropped to the sixth. So kind of a steal for them there. And then the seventh round, Moro Jomo, uh, defense end, Texas, you know, that's just another guy. They're going to stick there, see if he possibly can make the roster or maybe in the practice squad. Yeah. But I just, another year of, it just felt like the Eagles crushing the draft after they got done. Most, you know, analysts, most people are talking about it. They thought either, if they weren't the best dra- team in the draft, they were top three to five. And uh, that's kind of how I felt. Is that how you felt coming out as an Eagles fan? Yeah, they were. They had they had an excellent draft. I mean, the last two years of Eagles drafting has been really, really good. I mean, they've just crushed the drafts. They've done a really, really great job. It's uh, it's really nice to see for Howie Roseman, who's been a little bit ridiculed for his drafting, especially at the wide receiver position over the past couple years. But he's, uh, he's really made up for it here with the last two offseasons. The Eagles have done a great job. Let's get into kind of our fantasy players that we love on this team. I, there's a lot to like on offense of this Eagles team. Yeah. Uh, they got Jalen Hurts, uh, a guy who a lot of people liked coming in last year. He was kind of on that upswing, and now it's he's in the conversation. Do you take him, depending on the format, do you take him 1-1 overall? And he's pretty much consistently top four in almost any startup draft. Uh, just what do you think about Jalen Hurts just the year he had last year? Uh, kind of coming out of nowhere, doing doing what a lot of people thought he might have the ability to do, but I don't think anyone thought it was going to end up like it did last year. No, no, I mean, I was a believer in Jalen Hurts. I was someone that uh, was really, really in for him for this season. I was in on Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. I thought this offense was going to take a big step, and it ended up being that way. I don't think I expected anything this massive, but, I mean, they were like a top three team in scoring last year. They were unbelievable, and, and Jalen Hurts really took that step as a passer. Now he's – like locked in as the franchise quarter for the Eagles, which is really great to see as, as, as a Philly fan. But uh, yeah, I mean, Hertz absolutely deserves to be in the conversation for redraft as the 101 in a Superflex startup. I mean, in a Superflex league and then in a Dynasty Superflex startup. I mean, I think I'd take Mahomes over him. I think it's fair to take Allen over him. I have Hertz ranked at two right now in a Superflex startup. So I think if you want to take him at the 102, that's very fine. 101, I mean, if you really want to go for it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate you for it. Uh, he's really just locked in. Great fantasy piece through the rushing and the passing combo that he brings and the offense around him, the offensive line he's got. It's just too good. So yeah, Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts locked in for the next like five ish years as a dominant fantasy football asset. Yeah, I was trying to. I was looking at uh, FanDuel earlier, just trying to kind of see where some of the numbers is, and where they were at for Hertz. Currently sitting at plus twelve hundred to win MVP. Uh, he's one of the top five candidates on there, plus twelve hundred. I don't hate those odds at all for them nope. at that. And I a really interesting one. If people are into uh, uh, just random plays, season long plays. He was actually he was currently at plus seven fifty is the favorite to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns. So I mean, pretty unbelievable. I mean, I, yeah, I just I yeah. thought that was really interesting when I saw that. I was like, I, I figure he's going to get you know a lot of touchdowns. I figured the over under was going to be somewhere around ten or so because he had a, yeah, a lot last year. year. Yeah, and he is right now the odds on favorite to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns on quarterback. So if he ends up leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns, uh, fantasy owners are going to be really, really excited really yeah. about what he's been able to do. Uh, that, that, that would just be crazy. That's uh, that's not money. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind throwing a little, uh, money on that uh we got a comment in here from dustin our friend dustin over there at dynasty pros uh jt and hutch two greats in the industry right here thank you uh dustin we appreciate it uh thanks for tuning in the show 
going on here, I think what it always makes a quarterback better is having the guys around him. AJ Brown, he keeps moving up people's draft boards. Kind of where do you have him sitting? Uh, kind of his overall ADP in your mind, and where do you have him ranked uh, dynasty wise for wide receivers right now? I mean, AJ Brown, I think he deserves to be around, you know, the top five ish in dynasty rankings for wide receivers. He absolutely deserves to be in that range. But there is there is some concerns. I mean, like, I think next year he's not going to be as highly valued. I think actually, if you're looking, uh, to potentially sell him. I think this actually might be a great time next year. He's going to be 27 years old, which is an age that people start to get scared a little bit and call him a veteran. And, you know, the Eagles had a fantastic year last year. They really did. But if somehow they would have a down year, maybe if AJ Brown got injured, or maybe if something went a little bit off for the Eagles after a Super Bowl loss, you know, we see a lot of teams after a Super Bowl loss kind of fall apart a little bit. Uh, but if, if the, if the Eagles were to come out and have a bit of an off year, like nothing, not, something were to go a little bit wrong, AJ Brown would have not like you know a top five season. If he were to have like wide receiver seven, eight, nine numbers, and he's twenty seven years old next year, his value might take a significant dip in dynasty t- uh, on the market. So honestly, if you're if you get a crazy offer, I would not be opposed to getting rid of AJ Brown. I think this yeah, might I like be where your head's peak, at. I think this might be the peak of his value. Yeah, I like where your head's at on that. I agree with you on that uh, analysis for sure. What about the Devontae Smith, a guy, you know, coming into the league, people are a little iffy on him. You know, the size, everybody talked about how small he was. But, I mean, guy mm-hmm. just absolutely dominated in college at Alabama. He, people were a little down on him, and then he was just a monster last year. Everybody seems back up on him. Uh, he's one of those guys, kind of hard to read with A.J. Brown on the team as well. Do you kind of see him as like a low-end wide receiver one kind of high-end wide receiver two yeah i think around that range is totally right i just want to throw out something because there are a lot of people who doubt Devonte smith and uh tell us that the only reason he was so good is because dallas goddard was injured because in that stretch where dallas goddard was injured he was really really good so i just have some splits i want to read off for you guys so in weeks one through ten Devonte smith he wasn't very good for fantasy actors the first 10 weeks before dallas goddard's injury in weeks one through ten he averaged six targets four receptions a game about 48 yards a game and 12.2 PPR fantasy points per game. That's a pace that would put him at a lower wide receiver two, high wide receiver three kind of finish. And if you draft him where he's going right now and he gives you those numbers, you're not going to be very happy with Devontae Smith and your fantasy team. But then weeks 11 through 15 happened. I mean, Devontae Smith was averaging 8.4 targets a game, five receptions a game, 84 yards a game, and about 15.8 PPR fantasy points per game. Those are wide receiver one numbers dominating. And people like to bring up those two splits. And it's an intriguing argument, right? Because when what like when Dallas Hart was gone, Devontae Smith was great, but when he was there, he wasn't great. But people don't like to talk about the last six games that Dallas Gardner and Devontae Smith played together. Here's what happened, because the Eagles saw how good Devontae Smith was in that stretch. They were like mind-blown, and they didn't look back. In week 16 through 18, and the three playoff games, Devontae Smith and Dallas Gardner played together, and look at Dallas Gardner's splits as well. He was getting all the snaps. He was involved in the offense. You cannot make the excuse that he was injured. That's just not a realistic excuse you can make. Devontae Smith in these six games, 9.1 targets per game, six and a half catches per game, 82 yards per game, averaging 17.7 fantasy points per game. That would have been enough to be like a top five-ish receiver in fantasy football. I mean, Devontae Smith, as long like the Eagles saw what Devontae Smith could do, and they said, we need to get you a, pro, a premium target share in our offense because that's what he deserved because he's an elite wide receiver. So Devontae Smith should absolutely be in contention for a top 12 this season, and his ADP at wide receiver 13-14 is perfectly fine with me.
uh, JT, I'm sorry. I actually can't hear you. Sorry about that. Can yeah. you hear me now? There you go. Yes. Oh, sorry about that. I, I, uh, I muted myself. Um, just talking about these teams with two, uh, you know, stud wide receivers on teams. Sometimes people get nervous about the target share. Uh, people talk about T. Higgins with Jamar Chase. You know, you got Waddle, Tyreek, you got Devontae and AJ here. But I just think I've seen in these teams, it, to me, if the guys have enough talent, they can feed two guys. Two guys can feed in and be studs. Yep. I'm not worried about it. If I'm looking at these guys, if I'm coming around in a second round or a third round of a draft and Deontay, uh, Javante Smith there or T Higgins is there, that type of player. I'm not worried that Chase is there. I'm not worried that AJ's there. I'm almost, I'd almost rather have one of those guys at a lower ADP and then maybe pass on one of the guys or, you know, that I'm going to have to spend, uh, you know, one, five, one, six, one, seven in order to get, what do you think about that? I think that's totally fair. I mean, you know, when you talk about AJ Brown, Tyree Hill and um, Jamar Chase, those three are all, pretty much those three are usually first round picks. And then you talk about T. Higgins, Vontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle. Most of them are either late second, early third round picks. So you're definitely getting a discount on those players, but you're getting it for a reason. I mean, those three first that I named earlier are the number ones. Like those three are not getting overtaken by T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, and Vontae Smith. That is just not happening. Uh, like the, those three are just more talented players. But like I love what you said to the point where if you have the talent, you get the other play. You get those players involved. When you have a talented player, when you have a stud player, you have to get them a premium role in your offense. It's just a necessity. You see it happen all the time. I expect it to happen with Jordan Addison this year, even though Justin Jefferson's there. I expect it to happen with Traylon Burks, even though Hopkins is there. When you have a talented player, you get them the football. Talent will win out in the end. So uh, when a team sees talent, they're going to get them the football as much as they can, and Devontae Smith is no exception to that. The real question mark with this Eagles team is everybody's asking what is going to happen with the running back crew. Miles Sanders off to the uh, Carolina Panthers. They trade for Rash- uh, they get Rashad Penny. They trade for De- uh, DeAndre Swift or DeAndre Swift. I I actually like both those guys a ton. I'm a big Rashad Penny guy. I always I have been since he was at San Diego State, and people thought they overdrafted him in the first round. His numbers when he is healthy are ridiculous. And I just saw a podcast the other day. Uh, I'm forgetting his first name, but Singleton, uh, the running back coach for the Eagles, was talking up Penny about how he watched him and really liked him in college. Um, and then Swift, all the things that he can do. A lot of people are worried about the timeshare here. What's going to happen? You also have Kenneth Gainwell in there. You got Scott. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but I'm taking – either one or both these guys in a lot of leagues and I'm making trades for them. People are down on them. I just think this team's going to find ways to use these guys. Uh, Penny, you know, are we going to get a full season at them? I wouldn't count on it, but can we get, can you get six to eight really good games? I think so. And then I think if you do that, I think Swift, if he kind of stays in that role, he was at in uh, Detroit where he's getting your, 10 or 15 touches and they're kind of involving a little bit in the passing game. That stuff. I still think he can be valuable. I think their ADP obviously is, is dip big time because neither one are the guy, but I still like both of them. What do you think about that? What are you dealing with those guys? I think our backfield is really interesting this year. I mean, you talk about a lot of ambiguity and usually when you see a, 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 I just said the word ambiguous. <laughs> um, when usually when you see ambiguous backfields, you see a break from one of these guys. That's usually what happens. But for this backfield, this is a little more interesting to me. 
because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a guy that rushes a lot. He steals touchdowns, bolsters, rush attempts. And when he sees pressure, he doesn't dump off. You didn't see a primary pass catcher for the Eagles last year looking at their running back running back room, even though Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders are both very surfaceable pass catchers. I am worried about DeAndre Swift a lot. Uh, every time we've seen him get a workhorse role in Detroit, it hasn't worked out very well. They've tried to do it multiple times. It just never worked. And then they try to put him in a pass catching role. In the Eagles offense, there's just no room for a pass catching role to me. They just don't dump off to the running back. That's just not something Jalen Hurts does. When he sees pressure, he's going to run. And as a result, I think DeAndre Swift might just I don't think he's going to get the pass catching role that we think he is. So I'm actually a little bit more worried about DeAndre Swift, especially since ADP is nearing the RB2 range. I just don't want to take that shot. I don't I don't think that price is worth it personally. I'd much rather take it like Darth Rowan Rashad Penny, who, like you said, when he's on the field, he is extremely talented, extremely productive. Uh, this dude has one of the highest yards per carry in his career of all time. Like this dude is unbelievable when he's healthy and touching the football. So I, I do like Rashad Penny later uh, for that shot. But DeAndre Swift, I'm a little bit worried about how he fits in this offense. I just don't think the fit is there. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm worried that Kenneth Gainwell is is similar to DeAndre Swift, and they already like Gainwell. You know, he, he's getting a little bit PT. I, I'm worried that they really split up a bunch of those carries. If they do get receptions, which they didn't throw the running backs, like you said, uh, very much at all last year, um, it, it's rough. But I'm taking a dart throw on Rashad Penny. And if somebody's willing to trade him for cheap, I'll take him for cheap in a trade. So he's a guy I'm thinking it's worth it. Even if you only get half a season out of him, I think you're going to get half a productive season. So if he could be your RB3 or your RB4 on your team, I think especially in a best ball league where you're going to get those times if he gets carries and has monster games, he's automatically in there. I absolutely love him. Uh, at his ADP and best ball. So he's a guy uh, that I'm interested in there. Let's talk uh, briefly here about their defense. This is just a unit that was just crazy good last year. Uh, pull up the depth chart here real quick. A guy, I mean, they added Jalen Carter to Jordan Davis, who I think is going to be in the lineup a lot more this year. Uh, they got Josh Sweat, Gra- uh, Brandon Graham, uh, Fletcher, uh, Fletcher Cox. I mean, all guys that can bring pressure on the outside. We talked about the DBs, Darius Slay, uh, James Bradbury, the corners, probably the best duo in the entire league. So really where they're replacing anybody is we talked about a little bit at the the safety spot, Sidney Brown, the rookie, Terrell Edmonds coming over from the Steelers. Uh, They're going to both get a shot uh, along with Reed Blankenship and Kevion Wallace. But the guys that the real question mark that everybody's kind of talking about is the Kobe Dean. He was the darling, the – Captain of Georgia the year before didn't get much playing time uh, last year, coming off some surgeries and stuff, trying to put some weight on. But they're saying he's got the green dot this year. Him and it's looking like right now Nicholas Moreau uh, from the Bears coming over is going to be the two linebackers for them going along with Hassan Reddick, who's more of a rushing uh, edge player. What do you think about Nakobe Dean? I I've got a ton of shares of the IDP leagues. I actually like him a ton. I think he has a breakout year this year. I mean, yeah, when he fell to the second round, like he was almost a first round pick. Like that's what we were talking about for him pre-draft. And then when he fell to the second round, the Eagles didn't take him. I was so pissed. Like I was genuinely so frustrated. I was really, really angry. And then he fell to the third. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. I mean, the Eagles, I guess they know what they're doing. They got Nicobe Dean the third. When they didn't go, when he didn't go in the second, though, I was like, are you kidding me? 
Are you kidding me? Come on. But no, they got him in the third and it ended up being all right. Uh, he did, was dealing with some injuries last year. Didn't really get much playing time, like you said. But I, I really do think he's a talented player. He's an elite athlete. He's really, really smart on the football field. And I think that he's going to take the lead role for this linebacker room and really be that guy this year. I'm really, I'm really hoping for a breakout year as well. Linebackers don't always like start week one and just completely dominate. It's a, a position that's a little bit harder to learn. Uh, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of. Um, I mean, because I'm not like the biggest defense guy. I don't play IDP. Like, but it takes it takes a lot to learn linebacker position. It's a very difficult position to learn and just get in right away and just do so. I think it might maybe we might see a slow start, but I think eventually we're seeing it could be making some big big plays for this team. Yeah, he's my IDP pickup on this team. I really like him. I I, yeah. I just think there's nobody behind him with uh, T.J. Edwards leaving and Singletary leaving. I mean, they they everybody they had there. They obviously would not have let all those guys walk if they didn't have confidence in the the Kobe Dean taking over. So I like him. I think he's in just a great spot with all the talent around him. It's not like he's in a position where he has to make every play. He just got to read and do what he needs to do because they're going to get pressure on the quarterback. Hassan Riddick was awesome last year. Uh, Brandon Graham is, is had a great career. And again, if Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter can live up to their expectations, man, that is a monstrous and athletic defensive line i mean nobody's oh, yeah. gonna be able to run on those guys if those guys are playing right i i this team could shut people down big time and like i said i love the secondary uh city brown is probably my favorite other guy outside of hassan riddick hassan riddick's a great uh aspect if you play idp the changes to D end and linebacker this year, where he kind of counts as a D end this year as an edge rusher is phenomenal. He, that that's going to help him big time. So he's a, definitely a guy you want to go out and grab. He's a little bit older, uh, but I still think he's got plenty of good years left. And then, like we said, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but, but Sidney Brown is my rookie DB. Mm-hmm. I'm taking over anybody else. I just, I think this guy is going to be a beast. Uh, I just think, Eagles fans are going to absolutely love him. I think he's going to fit in perfectly uh, there in Philadelphia. Let's move on, take a look real quick at the season schedule, kind of see what we think. You know, teams always talking about that hangover, that Super Bowl hangover. When you lose in the Super Bowl, you know, teams really struggle to bounce back and come back that next year. To me, this Eagles team feels like, a team that's not going to happen to this team feels like they are set up. They probably should have won the Super Bowl. to be honest with it. They were, they had that game under control. I feel like this team bounces back and has another good season. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of way things look for them this year? I mean, when you look down this, I mean, last year, when you look at their schedule, it was a cakewalk. I mean, I gotta be honest, like, cause they started really hot. I believe they were like eight, no nine, no one point. Like they started really, really hot. And I was looking at the rest of the schedules. Like, Guys, they can legit go undefeated. Like, this is a really easy schedule. I mean, their division wasn't super strong last year. I mean, obviously, you had the Giants and the Cowboys going to the playoffs, but those were teams that they could beat. Uh, but looking at this year's schedule, I mean, obviously, you got some tougher teams in there. You got Bill, you got especially the stretch with uh, Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, and San Francisco, and then Dallas again. That stretch is going to be brutal. But when you look at the rest of the schedule, it's teams that are. It seems that we can beat. I mean, it seems that are very beatable teams that you can beat, especially like the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bucks, teams that are going to fall apart this year. Uh, and Washington Commanders, we have no idea what Sam Howell is going to be. If, if he falls apart this year, that's going to be easy. And week one with the Patriots, Mac Jones and that offense is not going to do anything to that Eagles defense. They're going to destroy them. So 
uh, this schedule, I mean, it looks like we got there is some tougher teams that especially that tough stretch in weeks nine through uh, 14. That's a really brutal stretch. But other than that, these are some teams that the Eagles are definitely going to be able to compete and beat. Uh, I mean, they can compete with anybody in the league. I'm not saying they won't compete in that stretch, but those are going to be some tougher games. But otherwise, this is, looks like a really nice schedule for the Eagles. Yeah, I like the way it breaks down. Like you said, that the beginning of the season, there's no reason this team can't start five and zero, possibly six and zero to start out the way. That yeah. real tough stretch you said, like in the middle. I, you know, I think they if they can go five hundred in that tough stretch with Kansas City, Dallas, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas again. If they can go five hundred in that stretch, coming down the stretch, they got Seattle, Giants, Arizona, Giants again. I think this team, you know, expectations are really high for them right now just because, you know, what they did last year. You know, look at the over-unders. Right now it's sitting at 11 and a half wins. Uh, it's plus 108 for the over. Under is minus 134. So Vegas sees them as an 11 and 7, or sorry, 11 and 6 team. I kind of, when I was breaking it down, I felt like they were in that range. That felt like a reasonable range for me was somewhere in that 11 and, and six. Uh, maybe if they can sweep some teams in the division, maybe if they get a sweep of the giants, uh, they get to a, you know, more of a 12 and five right now for them to win the division. They are at minus one ten. Cowboys are plus one seventy five. giants plus seven fifty, and the commanders at plus a thousand right now. Eagles second best Super Bowl odds at plus 800 right now. So this is a team obviously Vegas likes. The schedule's, all, like you said, more difficult than last year, but it's not a crazy, crazy schedule. Um, the NFC East is yeah. going to be tough, so that's going to be interesting to see where they go. But but I'm not worried about this team. If this team goes, you know, 10 and 7, 11 and 6, and people are like, oh, a little down on them. I think the NFC is wide open. I, I love their oh, chances in the oh, NFC. Yeah. So for me right now, they're my NFC favorite. Um, I like the Niners a lot, but I like Jalen Hurts a lot more than any quarterback on the 49ers right now. And so for me, I have to lean the edge of the Eagles just because of Jalen Hurts uh, in that matchup. But those are probably my, my two top teams in the NFC. And I think the third or fourth seed in the NFC is wide open. I mean, absolutely yeah, it, wide open. I think it's going to be really close. A lot of 10 and 6, or sorry, a lot of 10 and 7, a lot of 11 and 6 teams I have in the NFC this year. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I mean, the NFC, the a, when you talk about the AFC, you got the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, you, the Ravens. You got a ton of like, like studly teams over there. But the NFC, it's really, really wide open. You have some two top teams. Yeah, I think everyone's top two should be San Francisco and Philly. I don't see any arguments for anyone else. I mean, Dallas, Minnesota. I just don't. I don't see those guys being up there. I think San Francisco and Philly will finish the one and two seed in the NFC, and then the rest is like you said, wide open. There are so many spots uh, to be taken, especially now with the addition of one playoff team, seven playoff teams uh, per per year. I mean, you could absolutely see like there's so many different teams that could get up there in the NFC. Yeah, just it feels like the Niners and the Eagles are just the best all around. There's not a different level. Yeah, just loaded defenses and just talent on offense all over the place. It just seems to me, I, you know, even if they they struggle with a tough schedule, I just think it doesn't matter what their final regular season schedule is. I think once they when the record is is whatever, once they get the playoffs, I think those two teams are just going to take over. Um, and I I just I have a hard time realistically putting money on anyone else 
uh, in this scenario, that's not one of those two teams without feeling like I'm absolutely taking a complete flyer and a Hail Mary because I just feel like those two teams are the teams. And I just feel like the NFC playoffs are going to be way easier to get into. I I think, I mean, I'm going to put money on Niners-Eagles NFC Championship game before the season starts. I think that's going to be the matchup. I, I think, you know... I could see the Niners getting them in that regular season game just for the revenge factor and then coming back with the Eagles against them in, in the uh, playoffs. So I think that's just this is feels like a budding rivalry between the Eagles and the Niners. Yeah, yeah, the, the rivalry and because the, they, they're just the two clear top dogs in the NFC. There's no other team that's going to be really compete with them right now. Those two are like the clear top two. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, there's definitely going to be a little bit of a rivalry here when they come back, especially with the Brock Purdy injury in the NFC Championship game last year. There's going to be some – they're going to they're gonna want some blood, the 49ers. They're going to want some blood in that regular season game. So, kind of uh, final thoughts here. Give me an idea kind of what you think about just the Eagles, where the organization's going, uh, your final thoughts for this season, and, and kind of your expectations. I mean, I love I love where this franchise is going. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, we have some veterans – uh, player, especially in the offensive defensive line that we need to figure out, you know, future way, you know, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson. We need to figure out the future with when those guys eventually move on or retire, which should be within the next year or two. Like we need to figure out the future without those guys. But outside of that, our team, it's, it's really young. There's a lot of great players, a lot of young, really talented players. I mean, that AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, like three trio for the next, like, three, four, five years is just going to be so, so good. I mean, they're just going to just dominate this offense. And it doesn't really matter who they have at running back because Jalen Hurts is the RB1 for this team. Uh, Jalen Hurts is truly like the best rusher on this team right now, I believe. Honestly, I think he could lead the team in rushing yards. I wouldn't be too shocked by it at all. But yeah, that offense for the next few years, those three guys are just going to dominate. And the defense, you have so many young upside players. You know, we talk about all the Georgia players they've drafted. Those guys are elite athletes, guys that can really make a difference. We'll see how they go. And I'm I'm really, really happy with the organization right now with, you know, with Nick Sirianni, head coach. It's beautiful. It's great. Nick Sirianni's amazing head coach. He gets the best out of his players. And uh, Howie Roseman is GM running the draft boards really well over the past couple of years. This, this, the Eagles future is really, really bright. And I'm, I think Jalen Hurts has not scratched the surface of what he could be. I don't think he has. I think this dude could legit be a 4,000 yard passer. If he really, really develops, I really think Jalen Hurts could get up there in terms of passing yards. Uh, I, I mean, obviously he's a running quarterback, so getting the 4,000 would be tough for him. And, you know, cause he doesn't pass that often, but I think he's got the talent where he could get there. If he and all the camp reports have shown that he's taking a step forward, he actually is. Like all the camp reports have shown, this guy is taking a step forward this year. He's looking a lot better than he has in years past. I'm excited for Jalen Hurts this year. I think this is a year where he could actually take a step forward rather than a step back in terms of being a passer. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I I think they're gonna open things up a little bit. I think last year they're being a little cautious. They didn't want anything crazy to happen. They're kind of like you know really working him into the offense. I I actually think, you know, I think he could definitely throw. I mean, the guy threw a ton in college. So it's not like he was a pure runner in college at Alabama or Oklahoma. I mean, he, he put up ridiculous stats at both places. So I definitely think, uh, the sky's the limit for, for him. I, I think this is a great situation. Uh, I think the Eagles, just the fact that he's on a good team, good organization, 
I love the fact that they locked him up this offseason with a new a new uh oh, so great. Yeah. I, I just think you know, avoiding everything they saw with the Lamar Jackson situation in Baltimore, I thought they were super smart at getting in there, getting a deal done before it even became a question, before anyone could start going. Oh, so when are you guys going to start talking? Oh, when is this going to come up? I just thought it was a, a really smart move organizationally to just knock that out right away, keep all that pressure off them, and then let those guys come mm-hmm. in. Because I, I think people highly underestimate you know, those players answering those types of questions day in and day out in the locker room. I, it just wears on you. You know, if you're going to hear, oh, is, is, are they going to resign Jalen? What's going to happen? And, you know, what's the long-term future if he isn't the QB here? They Now they don't have to, they don't have to listen to any of those questions. Those things are gone. Nope. Jalen's our guy. Right. He's here forever. And I just think, I think that's an underrated thing in, professional sports just being someone who, who covered teams cover the nfl in locker rooms those guys just get tired of answering those types of questions and i think the less they have to talk about that kind of stuff and the more they can talk about the actual game and how they're playing and how the team's playing i think that's the kind of stuff uh, that keeps a locker room together and, and it yeah. makes them take that next step so that that's a big reason for me outside of the talent I just think it feels like everything's going in that right direction uh, for the Eagles. And and for me, it's kind of crazy. I I don't have any connection to Philadelphia. Uh, never was easily. I loved Randall Cunningham growing up. I have a Randall Cunningham signed helmet in my basement. Yeah. I, I've been, I've been eyeing that Kelly green Mitch and Ness number 12 Jersey that keeps popping up in my email I'm just waiting to pull the trigger. I, I, I Randall Cummings, one of my all-time favorite players. I love, love playing with them on the old Tecmo Super Bowl game on the on the mm. old Super Nintendo. It's just absolutely one of my favorite things ever. And and Hurts last year just gave me those flashbacks of Randall Cunningham just running all over the field and, and just making the throws and just kind of make it just exciting, you know, maybe kind of root for the Eagles, even though I'm not necessarily a Rugal's uh, Eagles guy. Uh, I just, I think they're a fun team to watch. And I, I think they're a team that breaks that Super Bowl hangover curse this year. I think they come back uh, ready to play. And I think they feel like, they were the best team they should have won, and they're going to try to prove it this year. So I, yeah. I, I've i got my yeah. money on the Eagles. I, I I just think that this team is going in the right direction. And it feels like they've got years of this. So hopefully that's that's the case as well, is everything keeps going well and nothing happens with either guys. Because like you said, ton of young talent on, on offense and defense. Uh, and right now some pretty good contracts. So this team feels like it should be hanging around for quite a few years. Yeah, absolutely. I think the big question for the Eagles this year is can they unlock the passing game at a different level? Like, because if they can get, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, overall, he was really, really good as a passer last year. He took that step, but he only threw 3,700 yards overall. I mean, they were about 20th in pass attempts this past season. If the Eagles can get to the point where they're like 15th or like 12th to 15th in pass attempts, like above average team in pass attempts, and Jalen Hurts can get towards that 4,000 yard range. I mean, that, that's just going to completely change the game. That's going to completely change everything for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be quite incredible for the Philadelphia Eagles. If Jalen Hurts can get to that range and that he will, they will totally take the next step and be able to beat some of those big time AFC teams, like the bills the chiefs and uh, those kind of teams in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hutch, uh, thanks for joining me on this. Uh, 
fantastic having you on the show. Everything was great. I appreciate it. Can you just uh, tell everybody where they can find you, all the stuff that you got going on? Because I know you've got a ton of things going on in the fantasy community. Let everybody know where they can they can get a hold of you and where they can find you. So, yeah, I mean, thank you, man. I mean, you guys can go follow me on Twitter. I'm at B underscore FF. It says on my little uh, StreamYard name right there. You can follow me on Twitter there. I do work with football guys on their YouTube channel. I'm going to be appearing there more soon. I write articles with DLF from time to time, and I uh, I have Hooked on Fantasy, my podcast with Luke Sawhook. Well, we've been working on that the past couple weeks, but it's going really well so far, so I appreciate it if you were to check that out wherever you get your podcast. And if you're available Monday nights, we stream live stream them on Twitter on Monday nights, so absolutely check that out. And uh, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Clutch Hutch if you're interested in that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I do. I mean, I'm really just a teenager trying to make his way in the fantasy football space. I've been doing this kind of content for about two and a half years now. I mean, yeah, I joined in February. Like I started tweeting in February of 2021. So yeah, about two and a half years. It's been, yeah, this uh, it's is been awesome. Quite a great yeah, man, I, I, I'm pumped to see, uh, see, see kids like you getting into this thing early. That's one of those things I talk about with people. I, you know, I'm old school journalist. I was a newspaper writer, radio, everything else. Did all that old school stuff before I got into doing fantasy, uh, just here in the last year or two. Uh, Man, that's the one thing. If I could have went go back and tell myself in college, I've been like, get in the fantasy space. I know it doesn't seem like it's going to be, you know, worth any money or going to do anything, but I would have loved to get back in when I was in my college days. And I, I think that's just awesome. See, uh, kids like you getting in, hitting it hard, and, and just out there doing stuff, man. Because there's a, there's a lot of room to grow in this space, and and the earlier you can get into it, and make connections, I think the better. And and I think you're doing an awesome job of it. You're a great follow. I follow you on Twitter all the time. Uh, you know, so I'll I'll be checking out your show definitely on Monday nights as well. So I, yeah, I appreciate you, you uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man. I appreciate it. It was a it was a fun show talking Eagles. You can check us out at The Stew with JT Brew, JT Brew Stew on Twitter. You can follow me at JT Orange on Twitter. You can check out all our fantasy content, everything on DynastyProsFootball.com. Check out our YouTube channel, which has this show plus past shows. Go through all the different teams I've gone over uh, with different guests throughout the year. And... Check myself out on DLF. I always have to remember my people to tell that. I, I IDP Raker there, so articles coming out uh, on there all the time. Also, Monday nights for us. Every other Monday, we do a Debbie show here, uh, the uh, Dice and Pros Debbie show. So make sure to check that out as well. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. May all your draft picks hit and the trading never quit. See you next time. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release.